What's up, crew? This is Brandon Gredler, and you're now listening to Cocktails and Questions, the podcast where each episode we enjoy some cocktails while taking a look at the world of technology and business. Joining me this time around, as always, are my friends Ben Gaddis and James Lanyon, helping us take a look at the Google hardware event that just happened the other day as we march into this long ACL weekend. We think about back-to-back hardware events. What did we like? What didn't we? And all of this debris that's being created along the way and what's to come of it in the near to long future. Helping us think about these things are our friends over at Austin Eastsiders. For everything delicious that they got going on in their handcrafted apple-based ciders, check out austineastsiders.com. So tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. All right, guys, we're back. Episode 7, there's a couple of things that are special about this. As I always say, one, it's our first episode number 7. So congratulations to us. So exciting. (laughs) Very exciting. Um, If you're so inclined, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. And it's also our first podcast post-mortem Hugh Hefner. Oh. Yeah. But we move on. The world moves. And the world moved this week with... um, I don't think that occurred to anyone. Oh, it did to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um... And the world kept moving, right? So back to back from Amazon's hardware event the other week, um, Mr. Gaddis pointed out uh, correctly that we were correct for four days. We called a blitzkrieg and a bum rush on the smart home. Little did we know, Google, our friend, same trick up its sleeves. What happened, man? You think they had all that stuff ready to go or they just came up within four days? <laughs> Fly by night. <laughs> There's a lot like, of 24-hour days. Yeah. So Google <laughs> comes. Cut? No, that's not going to cut it. You're not going home. Come up with a clip. No, so they they uh, came out after Amazon's event four days later uh, and released just a bevy of products. Man, I mean, I was overwhelmed the same way I was with the Amazon event. But they came out with uh, new versions of the Pixel, the Pixel XL. Came out with a Pixel Book, which is kind of interesting, but all sort of evolutions of existing products. The new Daydream v- View VR, and then a couple of products that I don't think anybody was expecting uh, that stood out to me. The Clip which is really just a, one of the narrative clips from that I had four years ago, yep. but mm-hmm. with all sorts of souped up stuff, we can talk about that, but at two, 2.49, uh, but then a, a, just a total revamp on Google Home with the Home Mini and the Home Max. thing that stood out to me on the Home Mini is coming in at 49 bucks, but there was a lot of leaks from folks like Walmart and others. It might be 24 bucks. 24 bucks, man, that thing is that's a deal. Smart. And it looks great. looks great. And then the one that I am most excited about, even though I don't have a Pixel and I'm not going to get one so they won't work, are the Pixel Buds, which can almost take the her movie experience and bring it to life. But the translation, 40 different languages that it says it can translate in real time. I want to get my hands on it. I don't know if I believe it, but that would be that would be a game changer for me. You think you think about her and I think about Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought about Star Trek. Right, yeah. the babblefish crawls in your ear. It's the instant translator. Um, super exciting, man. What were you gonna say? No, I, I, I'm right on with you. I was thinking Star Trek, but you remember the old Star Trek when William Shatner was thin and unbloated, and they always had that thing you could put in your ear, and the people were like, "Well, of course he's speaking English because you have that thing in your ear." So yeah, I think that's really cool. So uh, overwhelming. I guess the question is, 
what does this all mean? Yesterday or last week, we were talking about Amazon. Uh, is this a is this a hardware play? Is it a software play? Uh, Google comes out with just this overwhelming amount of hardware. What do you think, James? So when I look at it, if you look back at last week's podcast, which I still stand by, but we were so <laughs> bullish on, on Amazon, and I even made that that sort of snotty comment about the law of large numbers and so much more capacity. And I'll be honest with you, I felt a little pink cheeked when I was watching this because it's like, wow. This is also good, right? And so, you know, what's good f- for for the consumer as well. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that they're no longer flaky. I've always thought of Google as a little flaky, and when I saw Google Home, I was like, "That's that's they're not they don't care, right? Like it's odd shaped and it's obviously not you know designed to go toe to toe with Alexa, you know, and whatnot." But I thought that the the event actually showed that they are serious. Things like um, Chromebook and Chrome TV. All of these different applications they've been working on for a long time, I think, are actually starting to kind of come to life, which was really great to see because you want choice, right? Um, I, I think they're actually doing something that – so if you remember last week with Amazon, I said the surprise moment for me was multi-step commands, which have always been a problem. I thought the Nest integrations – were probably this show stealer for me. The whole idea that the different parts are starting to work together is actually a real game changer in my mind. Because even today, like smart home components don't really work together all that well, and they're difficult. So again, if this starts to string them all together for the average user, you're looking at a launching pad for the smart connected home that we've all been waiting for, which really was my takeaway. Yeah, I, I got excited because it, it was validation to me. It was, it was a war on a new front, which we talk about a lot every day, um, intelligence and assistance and, and, you know, ultimate utility. And I think I don't, I'm going to say that they didn't have all of that planned, you know, to your original question. I think really? the majority of it, I think I would venture to bet that at least one of those items was an oh shit moment. Gotta have it. Right. Um, cause it was, it was so closely aligned right with the you know you get the big bad speaker that pr- provides higher fidelity you got the smaller portable ones that can allow for like more modular sort of room design and things like that um, but not only was it a double down in 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 what they're doing with voice-based commands in servitude of their search functionality um, but also that they didn't give up on VR was exciting to me I think when I look out um, you guys have heard us talk ad nauseum about AR kit um, I've been doing a lot of stuff in AR. I haven't actually thought about VR for a little while. I always see it as a follow-on now um, with market penetration, but they came out, they redesigned it. It's supposed to be more comfortable, more breathable. It's just a hundred bucks. And now that integration is there. So I kind of got excited that they that they went back to that. Um, and then integration with, with the, uh, what do they call them? Pixel buds? Yep. Mm-hmm. Start watching foreign movies. Right. Oh, know, I didn't even think about that. That's a great educated use case. in VR, man. Yeah. Um, and I'll just sound oh, way smarter than that. I do. Brilliant. But I do think one, one thing I do want to call out was the phones. I thought the way that they did the color naming was brilliant. Do you guys see what they called them? Mm-mm. <laughs> the white one is clearly white. <laughs> the blue one's kind of blue. And the black one's some other, like, you know, smart ass name. And I just thought it was like perfectly on brand with everybody I know who owns a pixel. Yep. Like what color is that? It's kind of, it's clearly white, dude. What are you talking about? But you know, what's really interesting about this too, is when Android first came out, it was basically the middle finger to Apple, right? And Google was yep. like, oh, well, we're going to keep our search traffic. And if the only way to do that is to proliferate our own mobile OS, then let's go do that. That makes sense. But it always looked kind of tinny, right, compared to the iOS environment. It always looked kind of cheap, sort of a designer imposter. The people mm. who I know who have gotten these Pixel phones love them 
there's a real adherence. And do I know that it's a huge percentage of the market? I don't, but I do know that the people I've seen playing with them really enjoy them. So we're looking at Google's mobility presence actually transitioning from sort of like a, like I said, a designer imposter to like a real point of value that people people cherish and they want to use and they actually want to talk about, which is also a real yeah. fundamental shift. I, I think they still have a strong foothold on the contrarians though. Like a lot of the a lot of the pixel owners, I'm actually on the fence to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, you guys heard me talk about the 10, super excited. Um, in, in the the pixel buds might be the thing to push me over the fence to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but a lot of people I know love it. They love it because it's it's okay, but they hate Apple, right? There's this contrarian spirit that lives. Sure, there's that. Which is cool. It's, it's totally fine. Um, but I'm on the fence with it, man. I, I may go to the dark side for a little while. That's what made me, that was the thing about this event that was different for me is that it recast Google in a different light. And I said that about Amazon in terms of the way they went. I thought they were going to be all about software. Now they're going to be hardware. It made me recast the way I think about Google in terms of design, which you know, to your point, it just, it was kind of overwhelming. The, the buds mm-hmm. that literally made me go, I might, I might go over to, to pixel. We'll see if they actually work, but I've never thought about going to Android except for that. The pixel does look different. It does. It looks, I think it's going to feel different. The problem that, that, that Google and Android have is they just have, there's such a proliferation of shitty devices. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you just remember <laughs> so many this, bad ones. there's so many bad ones and like Apple all the doesn't different have versions that. that are floating around in the wild that haven't been upgraded. It's really shabby. It is. And so now they come out with more beautiful devices and the, the, the home mini is the one that really pushed me over the edge because I wouldn't ever think about Google home in my house just because of how bad it looked, but it made me not even consider them. It made me think Amazon first, uh, Apple second, Google, not even Sonos, which we, we got to mm-hmm. talk about, which came out with something <laughs> else you know, third. And, but all of a sudden these things are beautiful little devices. I got nest all across my house. It, it starts me to start to make me think, do I, do I go away from Alexa and echo? Could be. Yeah. I don't know, man. The, the imitation is a, sincerest form of ip thievery mm-hmm. it was one of the emails that showed up in my inbox this week which made me laugh to no end because they were 100 percent correct on that um in in the imitation of of them puts it the debate closer i was scratching down while we were talking pouring our first cocktails of this episode was it has me going amazon versus google in a different way now um i've i've thought about them separately but like um totally symbiotic relationship everybody needs everybody sort of deal but the heads up and like the imitation is is super exciting to watch so you know a couple days ago we said oh shit you never see anything like this and then four days ago or a couple days ago like "Uh, you guys are stupid sitting in your basement you don't know anything what you're talking about so who are we not thinking about i think we i think we kind of talked about google last time because we said you can never count out the guys you know yeah who are we missing right now so we always talk about things in point in time. Let's take just a second, look into the future. Like who are we sleeping on, right? So Sonos came out and they announced their ability to, for, um, for Alexa to be integrated with their hardware. And on their marketing side, it talks about uh, Google Home coming in the spring of whatever, whatever, right? So that's an obvious play. Anybody come to mind when you, when you think about the next hardware rush or are people gonna stand down and not compete with these guys? I think there's gonna be a lot of people running at it, but Sonos was interesting because it's going to be assistant agnostic. So I think yep. that they have the opportunity to do something a bit different. I still, though, 
think people are tied into the ecosystem. And so, you know, the sleeper here is Microsoft, which is ridiculous to say, but with Cortana, I mean, oh, you, yeah, so don't forget Bixby. Yeah. I, there's, there's, there is, there is something there and, and I, I don't know what it is, but I also, I thought differently about Google just the same way I thought differently about Amazon the day after these events, Microsoft maybe shit will probably happen in four days, right? We'll say they're dead. And then four days from now, they'll launch a, a new hardware event with all of the same things. If they could catch up and get to parity, we, we live in a bit of a bubble, I believe. You know, if you're in a design environment, you're going to be overwhelmed with Macs, but there are still a lot of PCs out there and there are still a lot of, you know, Windows devices that, that would interact really well if they could get their platform shit together. Especially on an enterprise or B2B side, because essentially this is going to jump off of the consumer end and it's going to end up in a business environment and Windows is still dominant there. When I think about down the road, there's a really interesting conversation that popped up in Slack the other day um, and they were talking about... Second mover advantage, right? Yep. This whole concept yep. of like, I'm going to let somebody else run out in front of the bullets, fall down, and then I'm going to step over their body as I go in. It's called cannon fodder. Exactly. And, and when I look at it right now, everybody's thinking about the core participants as the one, two, three, four competitors. But what if you go and you step back for a minute and you reframe it as this crop is the first mover, like Apple, Google, Samsung. And then once they go and condition the market to accept it, Who's going to come in and move second? And that's Elon the Musk. Siemens, Honeywell, you know, all of these guys that have, they have existing relationships at scale with the Home Depots of the world. You think those guys have a chance? Seriously. I, 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 I think they <laughs> have, I think they have an infrastructural opportunity that when you look at it, they know how to sell at scale much better than Google or Apple. No, uh, and B2C. Like they know how to deal with new home contractors. They know how to sell. They know how to actually go and get things into stores. They know how to compete on price. We, we talk about a lot. You know who I think, sorry, not to interrupt you. You know who we, we're it. not talking about? Facebook. Yep. Right. So smart speaker rumored to be coming out. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see something from them. That puts them in a totally different space than they are today. Takes them out of being reliant on a device and goes direct to consumer. I mean, they did the Facebook phone at one point, but like oh. seven people got that. I worked on that campaign. Yeah. Did you? Did. Did. Sorry about that. We did a commercial for AT and T on that. But there's um, th th their one that I would really look at when they got the messenger platform. Okay. They've got uh, they've got a lot of AI built into that on the business front. I read something like they've got over a billion users using messenger. Mm -hmm. Don't fact check that, but a billion users we using messenger for business to, for, you know, B2B communication, B2C. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I think if you, de if you define, there's so much packed in those statements, right? And I, I've come to, that's what I do. I pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a statement I'm going to say a bunch of shit and you're going to forget which one to argue with. Uh, it's a blitz intelligence blitzkrieg. The, but the thing about Facebook is all of their numbers, I, I always have sort of a skeptical face with all their shit. And I, and I think, to your point, I do live in a bubble, but you tell me that business communications, is it, is it because, you know, what are we talking about daily active users versus signups versus define a business, right? Like how, how are you reporting on that? How is that actually true? And who can fact check those facts? Um, Facebook is a, is a weird thing just because I've seen them, they essentially just money whip the shit out of anything that they want to do and it either fails or you have no choice, right? But 
we talk a lot about choice when we talk about the tasty one plate. Again, tasty one plate, we talk about the connected home of the future. And to your point, I, I do agree with you from the channel distribution of that these guys have a legacy hold on. But these other companies are also in business of making money. And if the market demands, like, I don't care about your Honeywell, I want Google. They're going to switch and they'll figure out those contracts in due time. Right. But what's the easier thing for Google to do, to become a hardware company or just sell software to the hardware providers? I mean, the easier thing to do for both parties, if you want to do your Nash equilibrium, is you're going to find a software company that's dominant in the marketplace that wants to shut down its fabrication and just start pushing through OEMs. And that's the smart play on both ends. Yeah, but I, I think one of the things that this event shows is you guys are making fun of all the shitbag devices that are out there. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see more control because they realize that as you know, consumer expectations rise, you have to own that higher, you have to own more and more of it, right? Like That was my exact point yet last week was yeah. that Amazon is going back to hardware because they don't feel like anybody can do it well. I felt that mm-hmm. same thing with Google this week, which was they don't believe that the Android devices that are out there are going to cut it. And so they've got to take over their own destiny. And what you see is when they focus on that, they take it to the next level. Yeah. You mean really interesting, one last comment on Facebook, if you read the most recent Business Week uh, article on Mark Zuckerberg's like trying to make friends with Washington D.C., and there's a really in-depth uh, discussion of his pivot towards community, and that's like his singular focus is creating depth with Facebook. Now it's so broad, but it's very thin. So his maniacal focus is actually still in the platform. So that's why I don't see them doing this. So I I disagree. I think he's running for president. Yep. Oh God. I think he's got, I, a, I think he's got a touch of Asperger's. I don't think that's possible. He's doing hey, it. I hey think man. That, that doesn't that doesn't preclude I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm saying you can't get elected with it. I, I think I think it's a I think it's all part of his long con, to be perfectly honest with you. And speaking of long cons, we are up it on started at a Harvard dorm room. We are up on uh the time of that. Um uh you know, other than Google probably watching too many terrible Tom Hanks technology based movies with Emma Watson. What'd you guys think of the event? Thumbs up, thumbs down, excited or not? I thought the uh, the public speaking and presentation was god awful. Um, so they could learn a little bit. I mean, I thought the Apple one was pretty bad compared to what they've done in the past. Yeah, this one was worse. Yep. Overall, though, positive on the devices and where they're headed. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I, I have a low threshold of expectation for anything outside of Apple. So Microsoft, Google, Facebook, whatever. In in reality, I thought the the products were great, and I think that's really what anybody looks for anymore. All so yeah, right. thumbs up. This is another record. One, I'm not sick. Two, James is sick two times in a row. Uh, Three, seems like we have a consensus. Presentation down, thumbs down. What they presented about, thumbs up. Super excited. We'll be right back. Second topic of the day. How does that affect us going forward? All right, cool. Second cocktail. Uh, Thinking in relation to the first question about what did we think about the Google hardware event, that's back-to-back two hardware events where the two of the big boys the big players announced what uh just south of maybe two dozen hardware products um one of the things that we were thinking about is that's a lot of debris that's a lot of shit to keep track of that's a lot of of things to tether together and i know james you got some thoughts around the utility of that so i looked at the the google clip so for 249 dollars, is it clip or clips is it clip it's okay. clip, All right? Because right? you can't have plural. Like, that would, wouldn't be edgy enough. It's clip with a K. Um, no, but uh, if you look at something like Google Clip, that's where my I raise my hand. And, and I, I ask, okay, so clearly there's this push to the connected home. 
there's push to smart voice-based assistants, but you start seeing these sort of, I don't know, like ADD moments in the design process. And you're like, what problem ultimately are we solving with this thing? ADD and, actually, and Asperger's in one episode? Yeah, I'm, man, sorry. I'm, I'm being kind of, I'm being sort of politically <laughs> incorrect. I apologize. But <laughs> I look at that and that's where I kind of scratch my head because I do see a lot of that stuff. And, and I actually see more and more of it. There was one called Turngram. Have you seen Turngram? Just got funding. Um, so they will go for a small monthly fee and they will pull pictures out of your Instagram feed and color correct them and then mail them to you. So the problem that they're solving is that it's too difficult to go onto walgreens.com and use the color correct button and drive down in your daily life and pick up your pictures, right? Like you see a lot of that. And the thing that I always wonder about is, you know, what problem they're solving? That's the cardinal sin of innovation, right? Is creating a solution in search of a problem. And so when I look at that, I have to ask, right, really how much value is this? And what is it that the GoPro doesn't offer things like that. I don't know if you guys saw that as well. But that was really what kind of caught my attention. So, so the the clip is what stood out to you. Is yeah, but I see things like that all the time. It's right. kind of like what what was what was the impetus for this? It's funny because it, I had the exact same thought, and it's because I actually had one of the narrative clips, which was the same idea four years ago, and it would take a picture every couple seconds. Is that when life blogging was a it, thing? Yeah, it was. It was. It, I mean, in promise, it sounded interesting. You go on a hike, you catch everything that happens and then it goes through and it tells you what the best picture is. turns out it didn't do that. It was just total crap. <laughs> and I don't really believe that the clip is going to do that either, but there's a, I, I know where, I know where that design research started, right? Well, people want to capture everything. And if they could have the best of everything, wouldn't you want to do that and not have to pull out your phone? It makes sense. But, but what the, the real problem becomes is that there are so many things now in my life. Am I going to remember to put on my clip as I walk out the door and tell Echo to turn something off? I walk past my doorbell, which every time I walk past my ring doorbell, it tells me somebody's at my door. Guess what? It's me, motherfuckers. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop <laughs> right. binging me, right? So I got 27 you know, push notifications before I get out to my car. And, and that to me is just, there's just as much debris on the digital side that are coming out of these devices Correct. as we are in just actual matter that are going into it. So I think that I'm, I'm, I love the hardware. I'm bullish on it, but I, now I'm kind of confused as to where do I even start? Yeah. I, I watched it with, um, a little bit of, of conflict. I'm watching it with conflict to just to state. I thought the Amazon one made more sense to me and may, perhaps it's because I'm closer because we, you know, I work a lot with Alexa and things like that. I actually know a lot more about that. Um, I saw their product development following data, user data. I didn't see that in Google. That's not to say it doesn't exist. They're smart, all that stuff. I just didn't see it. Wasn't it wasn't as obvious to me. And I think, we're watching like it's the ebb and flow, it's the consolidation and the fragmentation cycle, right? So you saw it's like all this intelligence going to one thing. Now it's being shattered apart and it's being broken into pieces. And ultimately it will come back because I think there's another trend that I hope is catching on with folks outside of like our little insular bubble, like you said, which is consolidation and streamlining of living. To your, to your point about, I got all this shit. I'm actually in a stage in my life, like I picked back up, trail running and I live my life where like for those two hours I only have the key fob on me I don't have a watch I don't have a phone I don't have anything it doesn't mean that I'm not curious about an AR rendering of my trail path and things I would love to have it but I just don't want shit on me so I think 
we're going to go down this road of fragmentation for a little while. And I think there's going to be, you know, one device to rule them all, if you will. You know, you saw a lot of the gesture features that came from Google Glass shoved into the Pixel Buds. So I don't know if it's going to be an earphone or a, some form of glass, but there's got to be, it can't continue is my point here. Like, what are we going to do back to back to back? And next thing, there's four dozen things that are telling you what time of day it is and who's at your fucking door. Uh, that moment in time is an interesting mm-hmm. thought. And I look at it as there's a moment in time for these brands to capture people's mindset or share of thought that they are the brand to push them forward. So I look at something like clip as a marketing expense. Yep. Same way I look at spectacles. Kind of like the Amazon with, kiosk in the airport. It Everybody's is. like, they're never going to sell anything out of that, but that's not the point. It's advertising. It's a billboard for their products. So we're spending, you know, 45 minutes talking about this thing. And is it going to go anywhere? No. But does it say that Google can be pervasive in my life? Can they understand the people that are most important to me? Can they capture the moments that are most important and then tie that into uh, the pixel? Yeah, but here's what's going to happen along the way. And Brandon's probably so sick of hearing this, (laughs) but I'm finishing up that book scale by Jeffrey West in, in the third section of it, he talks about how to understand the volume of potential social activity in any given situation. And I will skip the math, but it's real quick. So if you say there's two people, you can have potentially one conversation. How many conversations can go on between 15 people? And the math ends up being about 105. There's 105 conversations that could go on between 15 people. Well, let's take people out of the equation and just substitute interactions, right? You think about that. Every time you put another node in the system, it's not one more thing. It scales logarithmically. So if you have 15 different devices in your life, you have 105 possible interactions with those devices. And they're not even meaningful. A lot of times they are chaff. So as we're waiting for one thing to rule them all, which I totally agree is exactly what's going to happen, we're going to have to deal with a whole lot of noise and I think it's going to be painful for people. Agreed. That number sounds crazy. Which 15 one? devices, right? But we had Comscore at an event and uh, they talked about how the average home has 15 connected devices, yeah. which is at min- at minimum. Yeah. So it's let's, only let's, let's take it out to the IoT, right? Yep. When all yeah. of a sudden you've got your fridge and your coffee maker and your uh, beer fridge and your phone and your you home beer panel. fridge. I do have a beer fridge. Yeah, rewind that. What, what kind of beer do you got in there? <laughs> so I've is got, that when you practice for cocktails and questions? I basically only have Blue Moon in there. I gotta I'll, be honest. I'll be in there in a minute, honey. But I'm practicing. It, <laughs> that's where the system's gonna have to get a lot better. And there's this really great infographic. Uh, we call it. It's a chart. Um, on business insider intelligence and was talking about the five stages of IOT, right? Yep. And everybody's trying to get into data acquisition, data collection, and data analysis. After that comes interoperability and ultimately automation. And I think that's what a lot of people miss because they talk about it very coldly, right? Like it's automation. It's going to come at a significant scaling cost for the average person in terms of what they have to manage. So if you want to win this game, you're going to be the person that goes in and creates the system that tames all that complexity and brings it meaningfully into the user's life, which we're not seeing right now. And, and there's an intelligence to it. Yeah. Things can be automatic. And this goes back a couple podcasts ago. If you haven't heard in our archives, go ahead and go back. <laughs> but uh, we talked about the definition of smart. So um, the, are we up already? Dang. No, we're not. That was a misfire. Got a new phone, by the way. Um, it's, it not a, it's not what, a pixel What is yet. the 7S, you cheap ass? No, it's not a pixel yet. Um, first time I replaced my phone ever with insurance. And, oh, yeah. it, and I've been a, a smartphone carrying customer of AT&T since 2004, which put me in a very cool um, 
spot in their program, which we'll talk about in a different episode. They like me a lot and I like them now. Um, uh, forgot where I was going with that. Oh, the, um, the, you know, you say the 15 devices in your home and, and shit like that. It's like, well, what does it actually do? And you come down to it, like it has to provide a utility and that's fine to your five things. But the next evolution is it has to inform me. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was the one thing that was missing from the five that people are probably working on. I think there's a, a big sucking sound and creativity and human experience at the end of that chart, which is like, well, are we spending all this money just to do what a garage door opener can do right now with a smartphone? What do they call it? What are the uh, Ginsburg machine or what are the, the, the comp- Rube Goldberg machine? Yeah. <laughs> the Goldberg are we machine. creating a Rube Goldberg machine of life? Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, shout out to my wife and then I'll just uh, bag on her a little bit this week. But she uh, <laughs> we've got a Harmony remote control. That I said now all due respect. Connects, I did it, that. It connects everything that we've got. So I can change my lights. I can turn on my TV. I don't need 12 different remotes to turn on the Apple TV. And it it just stopped working. And I mean, my household is falling apart right now because we can't turn on Whoa. Paw Patrol and Doc McStuffins without getting up and grabbing another remote <laughs> right. control. We have that problem too. And so too. she looks at me and she's like, your TV is broken. And I'm like, that's okay. One, I love you. But two, that's unfair because... It's not my TV when it worked all of those 97% of the other times, but, mm-hmm. but it is. But what it, what it came back to is I had to start defending all of this automation that I put in. And my defense was, well, you could have already done all that stuff anyway. <laughs> all you had to do is just reach over and push one push other button. Damn and button. then I thought, I went through all this work. And now it's not working, and I could just reach over think, and push so that one button. Earlier, before we pressed record, Dr. Gaddis was in um, diagnosing James with his little baritone voice he's got going on. Allergies. Now Detective Gredler's on the case. I think I know what happened. A couple episodes ago, you enticed the hackers, and you said, you ever see that thing where the hackers took the CFO <laughs> on, on Mr. Roboto's house? That's just not that big yeah. of a deal. That's and they what said, it is. Oh, what's his name again? Right. Boop, 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 little micro aggravations. Lock that Very shit true. Drive you nuts over time. I like it, man. Yeah, man. So I think that's it, man. I think we'll wrap up on that. So back to back, two hardware events that got everybody in the room excited. It got the people we talked to, the designers, technologists, even the company, everybody's super excited about what's next. Um, But I think we're all saying the same thing again, which is it's exciting for now and it has to stop in the near future. Am Am I summarizing that correctly? Am I missing? I think you're right. I think we're at a pivotal moment in... Uh, both hardware and software. Some people are going to go one way. Some people are going to go the other. I think we're seeing this push towards hardware, but something has to shake out. And I think it'll be telling to look a year from now at you got 24 new devices that are entered into the market in a four to five day period. What's the market penetration of those things? And that's when we'll know. You think we'll know after Black Friday this year? I think so. Yeah. Amazon won't release any of the real data, but we'll we'll know as as much as we need to. Per use, as the kids say, James. Um, yeah, I, when you looked uh, up and down the value chain, I think what I'm looking for is someone to come in and sort of debug and give it meaning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I look at things like uh, what we were looking at earlier, which was um, the difference between Fisker and Tesla. Remember when we saw that? Fiskers don't make noise when they start up, though. <laughs> well, they but they're both beautiful and they're both great looking, but really they also don't make noises when they're manufactured anymore that's, <laughs> that, well, that was that was a shout out to my friend childish gambino that was a hip-hop 
but the whole idea is like the value chains. I still, I think we're only like that one step in and yeah. as we drive into it, it's going to be the people actually go and not only organize it, but serve it up to you in a way that's more meaningful than it is right now is, is who actually has the bigger chance to, to make an impact. I'll let, I'll let you, I'll let you go and get out of here after two more questions. One, one real quick. You said earlier, um, you said something about that they're stopping at the um, taking it all the way through the chain of automation into informative. It's real quick. What do you think the biggest barrier to that is? Is that consumer comfort level? Is that access to data? Is that infrastructure? Is that because you said it was a barrier to creativity? I think it's a lack of vision. Really? Yeah, I okay. really do. And I think when you look at all the money that's going into it, a lot of it is that sort of industrial money we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And it's companies that want to get in on sensors. It's companies that want to get in on. IOT data analysis platforms. I mean, you think about those vision statements you see for IOT, the connected city where the, the um, stoplights turn off until such time as it learns that there's a car a quarter mile away, yep. right? Huge energy savings coming that way. Well, the systems that it's going to take to build that sort of gleaming city in the future, it's going to be a huge lift. And, and that's what's preoccupying every everybody right now. When we look at why the the more imaginative scenario hasn't come out is because everybody's focused on that sort of more pedestrian building the infrastructure. Nobody really said before the federal highway system was built, imagine what the cities are going to look like. Imagine what our restaurants will be able to carry. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I got in a great conversation last night. You know, uh, everybody who listens to this knows that the genesis of this is having cocktails and talking about technology it and business. Is. And I was doing it last night here in Austin, Texas with a entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur. It's great. And I talked about uh, a thing that I sketched out in a vision I had, which was uh, is conceptual, obviously, but what's happening in retail space and the idea of mobility and pop-ups. And mm-hmm. I think I even posted it on one of our Slack channels. And I said, if you pull it forward, all of life will eventually become a conveyor belt fed sushi restaurant mm-hmm. where the consumer stands still and everything comes to you. Yep. Right? And like highways and and highways i totally and agree with that retails and shops and things like that so it's not hard to not hard to imagine man um and the second question is has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about uh today on episode seven um what's the coolest thing you've seen this week so the coolest thing i've seen this week was what you showed me earlier was the oh, starbucks shit. preview <laughs> and, I, and i don't know if it's got that much flash to it but i just love watching starbucks i hate it being and i haven't i haven't fanboyed them on this show I don't think yet but nope. I keep them on my radar because they are one of those rare breeds that manages to simultaneously make money and be a wildly successful present day company and constantly refine towards tomorrow and I actually think they do it in a better way in a weird sense than Amazon because Amazon's all about substantive future forward change Starbucks is like hey man we sell coffee and it's one of the most pedestrian things you can do yep. and I'll be honest not everybody's going to tell you we even make the best stuff but nobody's going to beat our actual dedication to the easiest experience possible so the preview.starbucks.com yep. was just amazing I, I mean I just love catching glimpses of them thinking about what's next because I I mean, it takes a lot of work out of our camp. Yep. I, I completely agree with you. I think what you're watching there is a, a fearless operation at work. Yes. Um, done really, really well. I think they, the intersection that they live in between um, business and customer experience, you know, the, so guys go check it out. It's preview.starbucks.com. And essentially it's a web view of their app, full functionality, all HTML driven mm-hmm. without native anything, man. It, it, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, it, and it tips its hat at where it's going. And, and without um, 
giving a shit about anybody else's opinion. Mm-hmm. It does what the app does. It does what they said they were going to do. It's cut and dry, dead simple. I love it. So here's the coolest thing that I saw this week. Um, coming out of the Stripe camp, uh, Stripe Elements, which is um, essentially hardware uh, play getting into a software play. So we talked about it earlier. You've got Amazon and Google, large software, logistics company, whatever. Um, getting into the hardware game because they didn't ultimately trust people to do it for them. And so now what they've done is they've taken their hardware and they've spun up um, checkout flows because they are incented to optimize and get things right um, because they take a cut of every transaction. So it's uh, it's pretty sweet, man. So I thought that was the most interesting. You know what thing I, I love the most about Stripe, and I think I might have mentioned this earlier, but I, I actually, my hope for them isn't just that they continue to push into fintech, but I hope they continue to push into Silicon Valley because they're these That's two true. That's true. genius Irishmen who grew up in modest homes and they make smart decisions. Do they do they get everything right? No, but the whole story about how rather than just wholesale getting rid of the free lunch because everybody in Silicon Valley has to get a free lunch. So yep. anybody who ever tells you that there's no such thing as a free lunch, just say go work in Silicon Valley. <laughs> but uh, free to me, exactly. Um, but they're they're like, well, we we won't get rid of the free lunches, but we'll make them box lunches, and you're not going to hang around because that's more efficient. And yep. you get to take it back to your desk. I loved that story. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of them culturally. I, I actually hope to see them do really really well. Agreed. Anytime you can empower uh, small medium sized businesses, mm-hmm. you get you get me all sorts of excited in an appropriate way. You know, yeah, that's good. That's cool. <laughs> um, all right, man. Thank you for your time, Ben Gaddis, James Lanyon. That was a fun one. Um, from everybody in the Garden Grove in Austin, Texas, Austin the sound engineer, Carly the uh, powerhouse innovation coordinator, and the Cocktails and Questions crew, you guys be good. We'll see you later. Peace. All right, crew, that's a wrap. Episode 7, Cocktails and Questions. Taking a look at the Google hardware event on this Thursday afternoon in beautiful Austin, Texas, as we march towards ACL again. And I was at the first ACL, and it looked a whole lot different. But so did Google back in the day, doesn't matter. Um, so we took a look at that. We also took a look at, uh, with all this debris and these hardware events happening back to back between Amazon and Google, uh, what does the hardware debris look like in the future? What's the point of all this? Uh, we're, we're at a point in time where we're watching the consolidation and fragmentation of, of, of intelligence and software and hardware and all this shit. So we enjoyed some cocktails. I think we largely got along this episode, which is a new one. We had some consensus all around. Austin, the sound engineer, shaking his head yes, and I agree, man. It was, it was, it was a fun one. It was a rare one. So uh, we hope you liked it. We hope you had fun listening as much as we did recording. Uh, and if you did, feel free to uh, rate us and review us on iTunes positively. Tell your friends. If you have some negative shit to say, let us know, uh, and we'll sort it out, man. This whole thing's an experiment, and we're having fun with you. Hope you're having fun with us. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Until next time, friends.